Hey, I'm Amy. And I'm Anita. And And we're we're sisters. sisters. For the next 15 minutes, we promise four things. Wisdom, real-life experiences, some of what not to do, and lots of laughs. We aren't experts, and we can't write a prescription, but we've lived a whole lot of life. Together, we've been married a combined total of 46 years to our spouses, raised four amazing young men, and one feisty girl. Help! We love podcasts, but we couldn't find one for our season of life, so we decided to start one. You are listening to the Hot Flash Podcast. Well, hello, Lee Brown. Good morning. How are you, ladies? We are good, we Lee. We are good. How are you on this? Uh, oh, we're not supposed to say days of the week, Lee. So That's I'm... right, because this is an evergreen podcast, so I'm great on whatever day you call me, because today the good Lord woke me up, and so if somebody's listening to this episode later after the rapture and you can't find me, it's because I got taken up in the clouds in the twinkling of an eye, and then it won't matter what day it is, frankly. That's and right. Amy and I will be there with you. That's right. So then whoever's listening to this podcast, you need to know Jesus. Let's carry on then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just want to give a little brief bio of Lee, because if you don't know her, you need to know her. I actually was able to find you when I was a realtor. Um, and I loved all of your stuff. You have a podcast, Crazy Bloop, in real estate that I love to um, listen to. And then I also just follow you on Facebook and Instagram um, because you're awesome. So I just want to tell people a little bit about you. You are a certified professional speaker and international keynote speaker who happens to be hilarious. This is very true. In an almost inappropriate but still family-friendly way, Lee uses her decades of experience as the go-to expert for Realtors to help any organization get on track with goal setting and achievement. She knows the secret to solid relationships with clients to ensure that they keep coming back again and again. She talks fast and every word of it is gold. Lee's messages are bold, powerful, and full of contagious energy that breaks through barriers and skyrockets your organization towards success. Lee is a mama, a wife, runner, singer, and pianist who enjoys cooking. Actually, she just came out with a cookbook. I saw Um, that. Yes, gardening and needlepoint. You are old. I actually like to knit and crochet, Lee. Just throw that out there. What? Yeah. Nobody else in the group does. We're amazing. And, We're you, amazing. and most importantly, you're a child of God and a follower of Jesus trying to get life right one mistake at a time. We loved your bio, Lee. Yes. Welcome. Well, thank you. I hate hearing my bio, so I'm glad you enjoyed it. But now we've got the worst part out of the way. We can have a fun conversation. Yes, that is right. And we wanted you, so this is something new that we're starting. We're going to give you, in a flash, tell us anything extra that you would want our audience to know about Lee Brown. Well, what your audience might be entertained and surprised to learn as they look me up online and see that, you know, I have this little cooking show and I sell houses that my professional career prior to selling houses, I was the only woman on the sales force for Husqvarna, which is premium chainsaws, weed trimmers, and lawnmowers. (laughs) And that was such an enjoyable time in my life. I just wasn't cut out for the corporate world, but I still do use Husqvarna. (laughs) That's good stuff. Our dad uh, uses Husqvarna 
Did I say that right? Husqvarna. Husqvarna. You did it. It's uh, it's husk like corn, varn like varnish, and my, I don't want any other chainsaw weed trimmer or lawnmower. I want the best. I want husqvarna. See, I can still do this. You can I'm still do that. it. That was a great pitch. I love that. There are people right now looking up Husqvarna. <laughs> Legit. It's the orange one, but not steel, the German one. You want the Swedish company. It's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> that is so That funny. is awesome. So you've been in sales really your whole career. Well, you know, I'll tell you a little secret. We're all in sales. This is the, secret, the only change happens when you decide that you're in sales. Because you sell yourself to the person you marry, you sell yourself to an employer at McDonald's when you're getting your first job. I just figured out I was in sales and I figured it out when I was waiting tables to pay for college because if you want to get paid, you had better take really great care of your customers and that's sales. That is so true. We understand that because we that was our first job as well. Both Anita and I were waitresses at the uh, cute little restaurant in our hometown where we grew up. So we we get completely this, uh, understand great. that. And that's a great way to put it, too, because we are all in sales. Yeah. Like you now that you said it that way, Lee, I'm like, dang, I'm a good saleswoman. I got me a husband. Got me. Right. He's got a full set of teeth. I mean, this is kind of a big deal in the South. People make fun of us, but we know where we're great. That's right. You think about it, though, like you've got a new podcast and you've got audiences and they have to buy into your podcast and buy into what it does for them. That's sales, too. I mean, we go to church. In church, we do sales. We want to bring people to Jesus. Well, you don't do that by being ugly. And people that are in sales that are ugly find out they're not successful, then they really can't ask why. That is so good. That's And it, and it goes back to just being kind to people. Like what we're supposed to do, mm. the rule, number one rule, love yeah. God and love people. That is, yes. Well, right. Let him sort them out later. That's the second half of that. <laughs> That's right. Leave all the sorting to him. He can right? do all that. So we will. Do we need to make a T-shirt with that on it? I think we need to make a T-shirt. All, I, we can totally do that. Leave all the sorting to him. Yeah. I think all we should do a T-shirt. That's a great idea. I love just t-shirts. put it on that soft cotton. I don't like those rough shirts that are cheap ones you get at a five k. I like the good T-shirts. So let's make sure we're quality here, ladies. We need Bella or Canva. That is the. Or <gasps> I think Bella. That's the, yes. Bella is great. They that's have super shirt. soft shirts. Yes. I agree. Okay, we just we just solved another problem in the world is um, <laughs> what people need to need wear to tomorrow. To. So Shazam. And if you're listening <laughs> to this show, I'm sure the link will be in the show notes for you to go buy one from there the new Etsy shop that'll be created here <laughs> momentarily. <laughs> that is the beauty of technology too. How fast? So we have to just. I think we should just talk about that. What happened prior to us actually having you only? We were trying to do technology and do a new video thing. Amy and I were kind of stepping outside of our comfort, comfort zone. zone. We get you on. We're so excited. And all I can hear is the buzz, like just <laughs> terrible, terribleness. Um, and so you were so gracious and kind um, to let us figure the Figure it out. Fix it. Yeah. And call you another way. And so now we're doing a call. Although I did enjoy seeing you face-to-face, but technology. I'll just point out, this is what highly successful professional women do. When something doesn't go as we want it to, we don't just get into a fetal position and cry. We just keep on trucking and figure out another way to do it. I mean, technology is not perfect. And I mean, none of us are perfect, although we think we are. 
and those little humbling moments actually allow us to to know each other better, right? Because if it's perfect when we first log in, then it's just a conversation. But now we have a little bit of shared story and a little bit of a shared giggle, and that changes everything. It does. That is so true. It does. So having said that, we had a specific reason that we really wanted to connect with you, which was to speak directly about motivation, which I feel like can be a bad word sometimes, but it actually is so important when it comes to the things that like light your heart on fire. Um, the reason that we started the Hot Flash podcast was to speak specifically to women who are over 40 because we are both over 40 and we're in that season of life where our kids are growing up, they're getting married, um, they're gonna going to be to going in college and careers and things like that. And I know I found myself at a point where I was like, I'm not sure that, I want to do this thing or how am I going to keep doing this thing? And being able to find motivation I have found within myself and not externally is super duper important for the things that make you feel like you have some purpose once you get to this season of life. Because we can get ourselves so tied up with finding all of our purpose a lot of times in our in our family as they're growing because you get so involved in that and seeing how you were successful and you have achieved so much. We just wanted to pick your brain on like motivation and what motivates you and how do you stay motivated and how do you stay motivated during tough stuff? Well, I love that you've already pointed out one of the most important things about motivation is that it has to be internal. External motivation doesn't last. You'll feel great. And then you walk out the door and then life goes over you like a giant wave at the beach and you're back to square one. So you look at the time in life that we're all in. I like to refer to us as medium aged. I do not call it the middle because I don't know what the middle is. I'm just going to be medium. I I love, 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 love being medium aged. I don't love hot flashes. They are frankly of the devil. But I do love medium aged because I'm old enough to see where I've made mistakes and to have grown from them. Right. A lot of people in our space in life, I mean, I'm sure y'all are seeing what I'm saying. Our friends are going through divorces because they they weren't growing together and they woke up one day and the kids are out of the house and suddenly they they say, my clock is ticking. It's a different clock than ticks when you're 25 and you want to have babies. When you're in the medium years, the clock ticking is, I have so many productive years left. I wake up every day and something new hurts and... I've learned some things. And so what do I want to do with those things? Some people lose the, the focus on what's internal and blame external factors. They blame the person they're sleeping with, you know, right or wrong, right? Some people have reasons for moving in a different direction, but sometimes it's just a, an incorrectly placed focus or they get aggravated with their kids because the kids don't come home enough or the kids aren't doing what they expected them to do with life. And suddenly they have to reset all of their expectations and that happens because they've lost that internal fire and we lose it because I think we get too busy right now. This society has frankly elevated busyness to an idle status. You ask somebody how they're doing and we used to say fine. Well, I would take fine now over, well, how are you? I'm busy. Okay. Why, why, why are we bragging about busy? 
Right. We should be bragging about, I'm fulfilled. I'm grateful. I took a nap today. I went to lunch with my best friend today. I woke up today. I don't have cancer today or I survived cancer today. And all the little things that should take priority have lost space to busyness. Right. And when you're so busy, frankly, it's a, a mechanism to hide what's missing inside. Right. And you mentioned that, that internal driven passion. It goes back to that book that Simon Sinek wrote some several years ago. I think it was in 09 or 10, Start With Why. And too many of us, we don't know what our why is anymore. I mean, it's a society we've lost our why. The American flag is now a divisive thing, which blows my mind. It used to be that you were American and that's what we had in common. And then in the South, where do you go to church? Wasn't a hate crime to ask that question like it is now. It was, I'm trying to figure out if I had ought to invite you to come with me. We used to ask who your favorite NASCAR driver was. Now you can't even ask that because somebody's going to get mad. So we lose these common grounds. We don't have a, a good internal North Star anymore. Right. So yeah. to get that motivation back, you better figure out what your North Star is. That now is... for me, it's Jesus. I know he spilled his blood for somebody's messed up as I am. And I mess up all the time. I constantly have a case of athlete's tongue from putting my foot <laughs> in my mouth. And I'm so grateful that Jesus was kind of a smart pants too. In fact, it was a scripture we had in church yesterday where he was talking about the widow bringing her two cents. And he's like, no, no not that one. John 14, two is the mansion with many rooms. And he says, if it weren't so, I would have told you. And you can hear Jesus is like, I told y'all there was going to be rooms. <laughs> We're acting like I didn't tell you. And I love that he's kind of smart because that means there's grace for me. But if I don't start my day with him, my day goes all to pieces. Yes. yes. We... So if I'm going to have internal motivation. I got to feed my fire. And then if I feed my fire, I can feed you. I can feed the next person. I can feed the homeless person in the parking lot behind my office. I'm so much nicer to him than I am if I don't start my day with not just reading my scriptures, but swimming in it, bathing in it marinating in it yeah that's so good and just to kind of build on what you were saying too I think I've heard like what is your why you hear that a lot right now especially if you're um I guess maybe in more of like the the self-help um arena if you spend a lot of time in that you hear a lot of people talking about your why and one of the things that I remember I kept running up against with that was I don't know what my why is and it, mm-hmm. and try to turn it into something that is um, that's so big when I think your why can be so simple and it doesn't have to be like this amazing why with all with big words and things like that. It literally could be to build wealth is an okay why. To leave a legacy is an okay why. To encourage and inspire my children can be an okay why. Do you agree with that, Lee? What do you think about the whole why? Well, I think it's just what matters to you, right? Right. So all of those are great because the person who named it, it matters to them. Right. And so my why shouldn't matter to anybody else. It's what's firing me up so that I can do good things. And people talk about building wealth like it's negative. And our society right now, the mainstream media and the elites want to talk about how wealthy people are evil. 
They're not. They're creators. And what they're creating is going to do great things if they're doing it with a, a bigger mindset and not just the mindset of greed. But again, that's on them, right? I mean, I look at Elon Musk. He's so interesting and maybe a little bit eccentric or crazy if you want to define it that way. But I just think he's interesting. He says so many things, but no idea is too big for him. He's like, well, we could, let's, let's go to space. Okay, I'll, I'll make a rocket. We'll take it. Most of us would say that's never going to happen. But his imagination is so big. Why would I want him to not be the, the beneficiary of what he's willing to chase? And so he's bringing people on that imaginative journey with him. And I don't, actually, I don't think his why is probably building wealth. I think that's an after effect of uh, yeah. his his why has to be with fulfilling giant things that nobody else thinks could happen. But regardless, it's when you look at your kids or your spouse, it's easy to not ask yourself what your why is and instead make them your focus, which is why when you wake up one day and they've grown, they've moved, they've changed, people get so frozen because they, they never ask themselves the hard questions. And I know that People that are in therapy talk about how you have to fix yourself first. Well, a lot of people don't fix themselves first because it's highly uncomfortable stuff. Nobody wants to have difficult conversations. You do the easy thing, but then one day the easy thing got solved, and now what? It's not the easy thing. We even talked about that in church yesterday. The message was talking about how you're not going to be comfortable like, it's not comfortable to do things that you're called to do all of the time. God never promised comfort. What he promised right? is that he is always with us. Right. And he uses he uses the people who are the least so that he can have glory for doing what is about to be achieved. So it's it's like with Amy and I starting this podcast, I mean, we are the least qualified <laughs> ever to like do this, but for three years we chatted about it and talked about it. And finally we were like, you know, literally we were like, we're either going to do it and we're going to just see what God does with this or we're not going to do it. And one day we're going to stand in front of him and we're going to have to like account for not doing what he's put on our heart to do the last uh, three years. Yeah. And it drove us to get going, get going. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, and you have. Which means you, but the two of you now have to wipe that out of your com your conversation and your vocabulary that you're the least qualified to do it, because you're doing it, which means you're highly qualified now. So just stop it. It's the same reason people won't make videos, right? Or how many women do you know that don't appear in any of their own photos because they're holding the camera, they photograph the kids, they photograph their friends, they photograph the places they go, and they're invisible because they're hiding behind the camera because they think that for some reason they're not pretty enough. They're not young enough. They have wrinkles or they're too fat or the hair doesn't look good. And I don't like how I look in this top. And so they don't even exist in their own lives. If they want to go back and document it, somebody's going to say, well, what did your hair look like in 2017? They're like, oh. <laughs> so true. That's true. And I think so much of that too goes back to, Knowing who you are mm -hmm. and what who your identity is, rather than and just... and whose you are. Don't forget yes, that part. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Who you like are and knowing whose you, who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
One of the things that you talk about, which I love, is the last sentence of your bio says that you are trying to get life right one mistake at a time. And I have been uh, reading a book that one of the things that the author says, which it's Jamie Kern Lima, she says in that book, I learned to embrace rejection. And that Mm. was like a stab in the heart for me, because I'll be honest, I am almost 50 years old and I realize that I don't embrace rejection. I think the older that I've gotten, I've actually maybe just, I don't even want to put myself in a position where I could be rejected. And that is not okay. I'm not advocating that position at all. But I, I do know that failure is how we learn. And so I loved that you embrace failure in in that. And I am saying that because of, of how you end your bio, that you're trying to get life right one mistake at a time. So um, I, what, how would you, I guess, encourage our audience just to be sure that they're, it's okay to fail. Well, it's, we should be failing because if we're not failing, we're not trying anything. And it's one of those things that does come from being in professional sales. And it's one of the adages we're taught from day one. You have to go through a bunch of no's to get to a yes. Right. Or as we tell our daughters, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. And so you've actually lived plenty of failure because I doubt that you're married to the same person that you had your first crush on when you had that little piece of paper that said, will you go with me? Yes, box, no box, in fifth grade. (laughs) I'm going to guess you're not married to him. And so you may have rejected the person who sent you the note, or you had your best friend's girlfriend's buddy send the note on your behalf because you always use surrogate for those things. And then it didn't come back. So we've experienced more failure than we want to acknowledge. I mean, there's a little failure involved if you go to the grocery store because you need one five-pound bag of Dixie Crystals, and all they have is Domino's. And I'm not buying Domino's. I only buy Dixie Crystals. And so I go to the store, and now I'm mad because I'm going to have to make another stop. And there's a failure involved there. I failed to plan appropriately so that I would not have to run around town to find my sugar bag, which is also why I hoard sugar and white lily. Just for the record, I hoard those in my house. And that's, I'm not even going to apologize for that because I could. So we have to remember that there's, there's failures in all of life. And that's okay because there is no perfection. And that's why I kind of hate social media. Because when it started, it was all about finding people and figuring out what had happened in their lives between the Christmas cards. Where are we and what do we still have in common? And do you remember this person and that person? And then it turns into this nonstop competition space of filters and perfection. And I don't live a perfect life and we're not supposed to. And I have found that people are more drawn to me when I'm at my most vulnerable than they are when everything's going well. And so if I post a video with no face on and sweaty because I'm at the end of a run, people are more connected to that and more likely to take action because I don't look like I've got it all together. So failure becomes what connects us more than success does because success just feels out of reach. And when you think about that, I know that if I'm going to fail, my failures can't just be failure to plan or failure to get up on time, you know, hit the snooze button one time, although I'm not really a victim of snooze. I am on occasion, but I want to fail spectacularly. Like if I'm going to fail, let's make it big. So I've run for office twice. I lost both times. 
it doesn't mean I won't do it again because I learned so much from those failures. And had I never filed for office, the number of people that wouldn't be in my life would be so much smaller. I have had such great people come into my life from those experiences. The knowledge that I've gained has actually allowed me to get other people to run for office and they've won. So I took my failure, my big giant public failure and took the lessons and gave it to other people so they could succeed. But it would never have happened if I hadn't been willing to put myself out there. Right. 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 That kind of speaks into what um, another thing we kind of talked about was like, I think a lot of people in this day and age talk about how sometimes feel like they weren't born in the right place in the right time. You know, Hmm. it's, it's hard. This is a hard, a hard space to be in right now. You know, it's, it's just hard. But what we all know and what we talked about um, before, like what Amy and I spoke about is, you know, the Bible put Esther. We talked about Esther. We put her. 414 girl. That's yes, the yes. yes. So we were born for such a time as this. Because I have to tell myself that sometimes because it's it can sometimes get overwhelming with like listening to the media, listening to news, um, listen, looking at social media. But what we want to tell ladies, and I think you agree with this, Lee, is that this is, if God put you here at this time, this is your time. Like, we don't get a second go round. So we need to do what we're supposed to do and what he puts on our heart to do now, even do it afraid, do it scared. You're going to actually do, you'll do better at it when you're afraid because then you're going to actually pull in your support system. Because if you're so 100% confident, you don't think you need anybody else, which also means you probably don't think you need God. Right. And when we're afraid, we're far more likely to lean into the word because if I'm not memorizing some scriptures, then I'm off my game because I, I haven't memorized the whole Bible yet. And I've found another verse last week and doing some study for church. And I was like, this has been here the whole time. Are you serious? Because God's fun <laughs> like that. But when I'm at my worst, he always dials it in. And the thing about it is God doesn't make mistakes. And when That's we right. start saying that we shouldn't be this and we shouldn't be that, we just told God he's wrong. Right. It's part of why I have so many issues with some of the, the policies that are being introduced publicly now from the government side. We're affirming to young people that God made mistakes when he made them. And I can't do that. Yes. I can. I got to love them through whatever space they're in because this COVID era has been, uh, it's been eye-opening, right? Because I believe God has pulled back the curtain so that all of us could see Satan at work in the world. I know what's happening right now. I also know who wins, which is why I'm fine with it. Right. But if you look at what's happening we we're absolutely meant to be here right now and oh my gosh what a privilege it is for generations people have been wanting to see god at work in the world we get to see it what a privilege that is we get to tell our kids and they listen to us right now my kids are teenagers i have two teenagers and we talk about everything at my house there are no secrets in my house because I want them to know what my value system is. I want them to know what my husband's values are. I want them to understand how our marriage is built and why we go to church and what we're supposed to learn. If I don't teach them, who will? But even though I had been in that space prior to the COVID era, they hear me differently now. And what a privilege it is to 
let the next generation see what we only, we believed it by faith. And now we get to believe it by faith and by sight because prophecies are being fulfilled. What a privilege. It's all in the mindset, right? If you're okay with failure and if you're okay with screwing up and you realize that every day that we're here in whatever flawed version of the world we're in is a privilege, it changes everything. Have you read um, Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Get out of your head? No, but is it good and worth reading? Should I pick uh, it up? You should totally pick it up because that's what she talks about is life. Everything's a choice. Everything is a choice. So what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose, mm-hmm. you know, to have a bad attitude? Are you going to choose to embrace the whatever is being put in your lap and learn from it? Um, and, and you speak like that, what you say and goes hand in hand with what her book is. So yes, Lee, you need to pick it up. It's a good one. Okay. Well, I just wrote it down because I'm a big book nerd and I'll finish it after I finish this book by Alex Berenson called tell your children about the psychotic effects of marijuana, because my eyes are being really, really opened right now. And so I guess more stuff I'm talking about with my teenagers because the world's out to get them. So they got to make choices so maybe yep. when i read jenny's book i'll be talking to them about that too i'll write yes i'm gonna have to pick that book i just I read that one down too you're gonna fall off your daggum chair because man the wool has been pulled over so many people's eyes oh but god said it would happen it's in the word he said it would happen that is so It'd true be deceivers. that is right that is right well lee we just want to thank you so much for joining us on the Hot Flash podcast today. It has been a fantastic conversation and so many nuggets. It's one of those that I think you can go back and like be sure you have your notepad and your pencil because there's going to be just so much stuff that you can write down and you can take with you on the daily as you do your life. Um, So we will put in the show notes how people can connect with you, but you tell them as well. Like if they want to know all things Lee Brown, what is the best place for them to go? Well, it depends, right? Some people are social people and Instagram is my favorite social place. I'm a little bit over Facebook. I'll just be honest. I'm still there, but not as active. I do not understand TikTok. I'll just lay that out there. (laughs) And Twitter's a dumpster fire. I go there for politics, and I go there to play dumpster fire. So if you're not into hardcore politics, don't play with me on Twitter. <laughs> but I do have LeeBrown.com. So if somebody's interested in my books or my training resources, that's all at LeeBrown.com. But, you know, life's just too short to have any – I don't have walls up. I don't use a bunch of defensive mechanisms. I answer my own messages because – I don't know who's going to be the next great person that my life is better from knowing, and I don't want to miss those opportunities. And that's why I look at websites and social media on the balance as a positive, as long as I learn how to control the amount of my life it has. So I just recommend that. If you follow me, just learn how to turn your stuff on and off, too, and you'll be a happier person for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we love I love you. I've loved you since I um, started in real estate, and I actually read several of your books, which were awesome. Um, So if you're a realtor, then you definitely need to pick up Lee's books because they're small, but filled with lots of great information. Um, and well, I can't wait to come visit you since y'all are just down 85 from me. So don't don't be surprised if you get a visit from North Carolina 
and we'll just go have a lovely lunch together. Lee, we would love that. That would be we, so that would be much an honor. fun. Definitely, if you're coming in the next couple of weeks, I know your friend lives here, definitely message us, and we would love, love, love that to do it in person. So well, thank we'll, you so We will much. figure that out. It will now be a goal for 2022 to make it happen. There I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Don't hang up. We're going to chat just a second afterwards. But thank you again, Lee, and we hope that you guys have a great day. Okay.